for those of us. Uh, uh, we want to just uh, turn to God's word this morning, if you would, to Luke chapter 2, verse 21. Luke chapter 2, verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a, a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them. At that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this moment, for this time. As we open, our wor open your word, we open our hearts and our minds. In fact, open our very lives to be changed and transformed by you. That in some way, being in your presence, whether in the worship or in the word, we would be different as we walk out of here. not because of anything I say, but because of what you have already said here. Speak, Lord. For we are listening. And we know that you desire to break through even today. In your name, we pray. Jesus, amen and amen. It probably goes without saying that this has been a, a dark year with things that we've never experienced before and even some things that maybe we've experienced but not at this intensity and not at this frequency. And not just what's going on out there in the world but what's going on in our own lives that feel like it's just one thing after another. There are many that are feeling more hopeless than ever these days. Like they're being held prisoners in their own life. 
with the people and problems that are around them that just seem to be helpless. They, they, they seem to be helpless not to have any control over anything, it feels like. And now Christmas is coming and many are wondering, what is the hope for the holidays? Ironically, in Luke chapter 2, a Christmas story, what we're reading here, part of what we're reading here today, that takes place, in Luke chapter 2, takes place in a time of great hopelessness and helplessness for Israel. They've been prisoners in their own land with no way out on the horizon, captive in a life that probably barely seemed like living to many of them, especially to what they knew was possible. Add to that the fact that there had been no real clear word from the Lord in over 400 years. And yet despite all that, we see in our passage here today two people who are great examples of hope. In the midst of all that, two great examples of hope in Simeon and Anna that show us how to hold on to hope. And so this Advent season of 2020, we're going to get back to the basics, so to speak, with our weekly themes, dealing with the basic Advent themes of love, hope, peace, and joy. And we begin God's message today with thinking what we need is to grab a hold of hope with both hands. Grab a hold of hope with both hands. How do we do that? We begin with this. We need to hold on to hope patiently. I can imagine there's some that would say, you know what, I have a problem with hope. I, I, I have faith. I have hope. I just don't want to wait for it. I don't want to wait for whatever is coming, but I really believe it can. You know. Hope is about waiting for something that you do not yet have that you cannot see in fact the scriptures tell us in romans chapter 8 for in this hope we were saved now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees or what he already has but if we hope for what we do not see we wait for it with what's it say patience we hold on to hope patiently. It is hope patiently trusting that the check is in the mail, so to speak, from heaven. And that we can count on it, even though we haven't received it yet. To hope and to wait. Just naturally go together in the word of God. In fact, as you look at verse 25 in Luke chapter 2 here. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon had that kind of hope that was waiting. It says he was waiting for the consolation, for the comfort, for the encouragement, for the deliverance, for the help. Ultimately, as verse 26, for the Lord's anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. Simeon hadn't been waiting for one month. He hadn't just been waiting for one year. He'd been waiting for a whole lifetime. For just this one moment, his hope patiently waited for what his father, grandfather, and great-grandfathers before him had. 
It may have felt like things were getting closer because things were getting worse, or who knows, as it says. But the fact was, it was getting closer to the end of his life. Time was running out. As he was waiting patiently for what God said to him, what God told him was a hope that he could have. It would have been easy just to allow hope to just kind of go up and down with the circumstances of life and all that was going on and happening around him, happening with, with the country. Even in this moment where he gets this call from the Spirit to come into the temple, you know, maybe this is it. As he's patiently waiting, this could be it. Uh, the, the Spirit is moving to come into the temple. And so this could be it. This could be the one. And as he walks in and he seems to be directed up this direction, there before him is a young couple with a little baby. Well, that's nice. I mean, they, they've come to dedicate their child. It's a good thing. But where is this promised conquering king, Messiah? But he waited. And as he interacted with them, surely as he heard his name, Jesus, Yeshua, the Lord saves. In a moment, he realized that his hope had come. In verse 27, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple. When the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. He knew. We can only imagine the joy that must have burst forth from Simeon as his hope he held on to. For so long he was now seeing before his very eyes. In fact, he got to hold on to Seeing not only the, what was promised him, but seeing the promised one. This was it. A hope that waits patiently is worth it. And so he, he says to God, praise God, sovereign Lord, in verse 29, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for the revelation to Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. Simeon said, let your servant now depart in peace. Ready to die. It's not like it was going to happen right away, necessarily. I mean, at least he didn't just quit. I mean, okay, I got it. So now I just kind of quit life, which many people do. You know, how there are those that just die before their body actually does. And part of that is because they've lost hope. They've just lost hope. It's dead. Rather, it was more like I can die a happy man now. Because I've waited on God. I was not disappointed. Not one of his promises will fail. I knew that. He knew that. Not one of God's promises will fail. So too for us. Can we keep a hold of hope? Can we keep a hold of hope even for that long? Can we keep a hold of hope? Or do we just give up when life goes down? 
you know, maybe you've experienced that up and down hope. I feel really hope. Oh, no, no. And yet for Simeon, because he patiently waited. Every day started with hope up all the way, turned up. That could change. Game changer for us. If like Simeon, we would start each day and just turn the hope all the way up. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what might be going on tomorrow. But today, I'm turning the hope all the way up. No matter what happens, no matter what we're feeling, hope is not dependent upon what is happening outside of us or inside of us. Our hope is dependent upon Jesus only. The hope that he had, even though it seemed like there was nothing but doom and gloom around for Israel, even though it didn't exactly seem like the perfect time for the Messiah to sweep in and take over, nevertheless, he had that hope that was planted in him. And in a sense, hope is like a seed. And if you think about it, true hope is best planted when the ground is hard and dry with no water and very little sun. That's the place true hope grows. I really want us to think about this because true hope, the hope of God that he has for us is not when everything looks good and everything seems right. That's a great place. Oh, we got great soil here. We got all this. No, true hope is planted when it's dry and hard. We're patient. And as we patiently wait for that seed of hope to grow out of the ground into a plant, guess what? We have to wait some more for that plant to grow up and a fruit to come on that. And then what? We get to wait some more for that fruit to grow to the point where it is actually something that we can eat. Hope. continues to grow as we patiently hold on to it we can say with the psalmist in verse in psalm 27 i believe that i shall look upon the goodness of the lord in the land of the living wait for the lord be strong and let your heart take courage wait for the lord how many need that today But even when we're hoping for things that we know is what God wants to do, we can say we know God wants to do it. We can lose that patience of our hope. We can lose that patience in waiting because it's not happening when or in the way that we think it should happen. And it's not just that it's not happening the way we think it should. It just feels like the time's already passed. It not only didn't happen when we should, but we feel like it's already too late. For example, how many look forward to Christmas? Not just because of traditions and and good feelings, but there are those, and there may be even those here today, who look forward to Christmas as a point of hope at the end of the year. Christmas to them is when, the year's been bad, but they just keep working up and keep waiting for Christmas because Christmas is when things are finally going to get better. 
They really have this hope. Christmas is when things are going to get better and everything's going to work out. But you know what? That's not exactly what happened the first Christmas, is it? It's true. On Christmas night, that hope came into the world that would change everything. And yet here we are in this passage that we're looking at with Simeon and Anna, 41 days, or at least 41 days, after Christmas, after the birth of Christ. And the reality is not much has changed for the people in Israel that they can see, that they would have been able to see and touch and know. Everything basically was the same. They were still captive to the Romans. But in that moment, in that moment, the people walking in darkness saw a great light. Those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. As a Christmas song, O Holy Night, says, the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Christmas brought the light of hope into the darkness, just like the sun just coming up over the horizon as it is rising up. But Christmas did not suddenly extinguish the darkness of the world. In that moment that Christ was born, the darkness did not stop. They still needed to patiently hope for that seed and all that God was going to do. The hope dawned on Christmas, but it was not finished yet. That hope in the cradle still needed to go to the cross and it still needed to come out of the empty tomb. And the light rose brighter and brighter ever, even through today. Even though we look around and say, oh man, it's dark today, but our hope is getting brighter and brighter to the rising sun, the son of God. And his second advent, the second coming of our Lord and Savior, where darkness will be dispelled, all darkness will be gone, and we will dwell in a never-ending light of his presence. Amen? Could it be that we've been looking not only in the wrong direction, but for the wrong thing? What has our hope been in? In our hope that our circumstances will change? Is our hope that, that the people would be different in our life? In a hope that we would get what we want or we will... And, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that God cannot or will not do those things. But at best, we miss out when we end up only with a hope for Jesus to get us out of the situation rather than the hope of Jesus to come into our situation. I'll make sure we catch this because so often really our only hope that we have is that Jesus gets us out of our situation. When the hope, the greater hope, is that Jesus would come into our situation. In fact, that's what Christmas, that's what happened at Christmas. When we, what we're talking about, the solution to our life and death situation as sinners, the solution to our life and death situation was not for God to just suddenly snap his fingers and everything was better. No, the solution, the only solution was that God came down to this earth, that God came into our situation and became a man and humbled himself in that way. As the God man and took our place. Are we looking for hope in Christ alone? If so, since God is a God of hope, 
The closer we are to Him, the closer we are to hope. You know, we can have all these good hopes about different things, but if we're not good with God, how can we really expect so much? James 4 says, draw near to Him and He will draw near to you. As we wait in hope for God, He is waiting and hoping that you will grasp a hold of Him. We need to hold on to hope patiently. But with the other hand, we need to hold on to hope expectantly. It's not merely that we just sit back and wait patiently for hope. If we are going to grab a hold with both hands, then we need to lean forward in eager anticipation, expecting the hope to come. As you think about Christmas, is those who are hoping, those who are looking for it, that the, those who are hoping for it, those who are looking for it, were the ones who got to see it. You know, there's a sense that when we're talking about true hope, true hope wakes up every day thinking this could be the day. This could be the day. I expect it. I'm expecting that God will work. And, and even if today is not the day, I will still expect it tomorrow because I'm patiently working through as we did in the first point. This is the thinking of Anna. Anna, in, in verse uh, 36, as we read in Luke chapter 2, there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Here was Anna. Uh, 84-year-old widows may not surprise some, but when you think about it, she was married for just seven years, apparently, and lost her husband. Her husband died. And then she found her hope and her home in God as she continued to fast and pray, looking forward expectantly in hope. I can imagine Anna and Psalm 130 coming together. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in His Word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman wait for the morning, more than a watchman wait for the morning. How many of us can say that deep within us, that expectant with our whole being, hope, hope. Anna had seen a lot in her life. It wasn't all good, but she still had hope. She still had hope. There are, there are those who are, are missing the amazing things that God wants to bring into our life because we're looking in the wrong direction. And oftentimes that wrong direction is we're looking back to what was or we're looking back to what was not. It didn't happen. And yet Anna had a hope to look forward to the redemption for the Messiah, for Jesus, the promised one. The one to us, a child is born, to us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Just as it was with Simeon, it wasn't mere luck 
that helped her to see this hope that she was expecting here. But it was the Lord. She followed in such a way. She followed him in such a way that she was in the right place at the right time to see that hope. As one who spent much of her time in the temple, in his presence, are we spending our time in a place where hope can be seen and heard? We say, oh, I wish I could just have that kind of hope. But are we at a place where we can truly experience, where we can know, where we can hear, where we can see that hope? Like Anna. There's a sense that some today almost seem to have an anti-hope, an expectation that things are going to go bad. Even get worse, not better. Have you noticed yourself leaning that direction this year? Maybe not before, but this year we're starting to lean towards almost an anti-hope. I, I've noticed that. Some things maybe that we looked forward to in the past are, are losing a sense of leaning forward into an excited expectancy about. It's almost like we've been, we're starting to lean backwards with a sense of dread. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Our hope looking forward, if it, you can even call it hope, is really just waiting for the other shoe to drop. That's our hope. Well, not that you can call it that. We're waiting for the bad. We're assuming it's not going to be good. We're not hoping for good. Rather, we're just expecting and hoping for the worst. And you know what will happen? A shoe will drop. Now, the second shoe for some people is a little different, though. That second shoe you're waiting for drop, you're not expecting things are going to get worse. You have a better hope than that. Your hope is that things will just not be bad. Your hope is things won't get any worse. They can't get any worse. I mean, is that really the way we live? Not about what God can do or will do or what is good, but just my hope is that there won't be another shoe drop. That's the way some people live their lives. Never wanting to get their hopes up. And so their life is just lived down with no joy. Missing out on so much. Allowing depression and anxiety to weigh us down instead of allowing hope, the hope of God to lift us up. We allow ourselves to be prisoners thrown into a deeper darkness. And for some, this leads to just checking out of society. Just kind of going off in our own little corner. Or even just checking out of this life in general. There is always hope. Don't give up. Don't give in. Especially as it deals with any thoughts of suicide that so many are struggling with at greater numbers now than we've seen in a long, long time. Life is not hopeless. And more especially, you are not 
hopeless. Because God sent His one and only Son into this world to die on a cross to save you. You don't do that for someone who is hopeless. That is our hope. God does not call us to live with a hope that is down. Looking expectantly, hoping the other shoe doesn't drop because as long as we keep living that way, guess what? It drops. And somebody's like, hey, wait a minute, that's three shoes. Yeah, it's 2020. You know? It's just the way it is. And, and for all that matters, the reality is there's more shoes yet to come. There are. But there are exponentially more blessings to come our way. I mean, for all that matters, we could just say, hey, you got four shoes. That's a blessing. You know, instead of just one pair. Our hope. The hope that God wants us to have is greater than what we are hoping. We say we have a hope, but it's really not a hope. It's not a hope in the greater things that God wants to do. It's not the hope that uh, God talks about in Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is God's greater hope, what He wants to do more than what we could ask or imagine according to His power. Are we holding on to this hope, expecting what God wants? One of the ways to know whether you are is to examine our prayers. Examine how we pray. Just for a moment, I want you to think about how, how, how are you praying? Because that's where you can see what kind of hope we really have. At least in those things that we're praying for that we are really believing and trusting and hoping that God would do, not just saying the words. But are we praying for the greater things or are we just praying that the worst things don't happen? Are you with me? Are we praying that the greater things will happen or are we just praying that the worst things won't? What is our hope? In this Advent, do we have hope for the holidays? For some, we say, oh, it's not looking good. Thanksgiving did not go as we planned. It wasn't a family-filled event that we'd hoped for. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned uh, to you what was going on with ours uh, thanksgiving uh, obviously it had been a, not just a tradition for decades that we look forward to but it was really the only true opportunity we had to get together with my family that wasn't going to happen this year beyond our control or our choice but there was a backup plan i mean there's a backup plan you know gotta have get a backup plan hope and the backup plan is the grandbabies would bring their parents and they you know they would come for uh, just a very small Thanksgiving dinner. And you know what happened? At that big Thanksgiving dinner, there was Roberta and myself and a 21-pound turkey. And that was it. The turkey was good. It was delicious. But it wasn't exactly what we thought. And really, because of things 
that were once again out of our control. And yet, as we looked at it, we saw that it was not out of God's control. We didn't lose all hope because we could still see God's hand in all of these things. And perhaps that's something I'll share more about in the next week or so. So what's the hope for Christmas? This is when we need to ask, what are we expectantly hoping for the holidays? Are we holding out hope for a family-filled Christmas again? Or what about a Christ-filled Christmas? Now, I know someone would respond back, well, can't you have both? Yes, you can have both. But what do we truly want? Do we truly want both? And I think sometimes we're kind of like, Sure, I'll take a Christ-filled Christmas. Yeah, that sounds good. But what I really want, what I really hope happens, is this. That, that, that we have this family-filled Christmas. I can't, it, it's not wrong to want that or to hope for that. I, I get it. Hopefully you see that, what I've talked about here. But is our hope for the greater things that God wants to do? Like that our family would have a Christ-filled Christmas. Even if we're not together. Are we really on the right page with God in our hope? Or are we more concerned that God would be on the right page with us? Which one? Is there something that God is growing up in us, a hope for us that we need to patiently wait for, even in the hard times, patiently believing that God is doing something, that the light and the seed is growing and the light is starting to dawn and he is working, even though we may not be able to fully see it, God is doing something. Like it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, Therefore do not lose heart, do not lose hope. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This season that we call Advent, it's not just merely about working up a remembrance of Jesus' first company coming, but it is about waking up to the reality of his second coming. Oh, there are many that are ex- have an expectant hope for Christmas to come, but how many have an expectant hope for Christ to come? Are we truly, expectantly, patiently looking for Christ to come again? Like this song we sang at the beginning, King of Heaven, come down. And until that day, let us not focus on the darkness and bemoan that, but to recognize that the darkness just makes us run closer to the light. And that the closer we get to a light, the brighter things become to the light of Jesus. Let us hope Not just for a Christ-filled Christmas, but let us hope for a Christ-filled world. Not remaining prisoners of hopelessness, captive to our circumstances and our feelings that may not change. 
But let us, like Zechariah 9 says, let us be prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. In fact, Anna was such a prisoner of hope. In fact, not only that, as we read the last part of that in verse 38, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She became a messenger of hope to others that what she had seen and what she had heard In the midst of all the bad news that was going on, she carried the good news of the hope of Christ. We need that in this time more than any other. There's a lot of things that people are talking about and sharing and everything else, but who is bringing the good news of the hope of Jesus in the midst of all of this? Let us be those messengers. Caught up with hope. Not locked up in hopelessness any longer. Let's grab a hold of hope with both hands. The hope of God. The hope that is God. Christ in us. To grab a hold of the one, as we sang earlier, that is the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. He is a hope for our holiday and for our whole life and the whole world. Worship team, come. Father, help us as we get ready to prepare for your table and communion with you, that you would speak to us as you have been, that you would help us to be drawn closer and deeper in our relationship with you, that you are the God of hope. And therefore, as we draw closer to you, we are drawing closer to hope. In this moment, we want to be transformed and changed into people, even prisoners of hope no longer, prisoners of the darkness of our circumstances or the people around us or even our own feelings. Lord, as you pour out your love into our hearts, as you've done that, that your hope would dawn a new day within us. Move as only you can. Move in us. Prepare us in this moment as we recognize and ask your blessing upon the bread and upon the cup that is really symbolic of the hope that you've given to us of a life everlasting, of a life everlasting that is set free from the penalty of that sin, from the penalty of that death, that we have been set free from the power of that sin over our lives and we've been set free to live a life of hope that is in you. Let us turn our hearts, minds, our whole beings to you for you are worthy as our hope, the only hope.